840 and a cool two degrees above zero on a winter walk Thursday. Joining us now from his office at Northfield Hospital and Clinics is President and CEO of NHC, Steve Underdahl. Steve, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, Jeff. Are you are you having a good winter season so far? And I'm talking on a personal level and not a germ level or a virus level. We'll get to that in just a moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm having about as uh, a, a good of uh, early winter as I can. I'm one of those uh, people that doesn't mind uh, so much snow and cold, but dark at 4.30 in the afternoon uh, uh, starts to get to me after a while, so... So I, the, the, your ray of hope is that uh, if you can make it, I think until next week, even before the 21st, we start to gain um, a, a minute uh, back in the evening again. And no one but me cares about this. <laughs> oh, you're not the only one. I, I, I'm one of those fans of longer days myself. Uh, and one thing we do have, I tell you what, why don't we start off our conversation to talk about viruses, because that has, this has been a shaping up to be, if, I don't say, I guess not a unique year, but another interesting year as far as that goes. We've got like three big things going on, that, like a triple-demic with uh, COVID. Uh, we have the respiratory thing going on and the regular flu and, and who knows what else. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, those uh, viruses going around and, and what you've seen so far at NHNC. Yeah, we're seeing just lots and lots of sick people. And as you indicated, it isn't uh, exclusive to these upper respiratory diseases, but but that's a big piece of it. So RSV uh, uh, with little kids in particular, uh, the flu season has hit earlier and with a little a little more robustly than it has, you know, as you know, people have pointed out, you know, we've been, um, you know, in our house with our masks on for a while. Um, and so, uh, you know, our ability to spread illness to each other is, is probably elevated. And then COVID as well. I mean, I, I think probably even the last time that, that uh, you and I talked, we noted that, you know, we went for weeks without really having much in terms of COVID presentations in the hospital. Um, and uh, just this week alone, we've Every day, we've got somebody in the hospital with COVID. You know, we've got one, we've got three, we've got two, we've got one. Um, and the good news is most of the time, there are people who are, are in the hospital with COVID and not because of COVID, which is, you know, just way better than where it used to be. But, but uh, uh, you know, these, um, uh, you know, easily transmittable um, uh, illnesses are really you know, working their way through the community uh, very quickly. If, you, if you've got, you know, little kids in your life, uh, daycare centers and schools and other things, I mean, they're just, uh, you know, everybody's sick. Boy, and it, that has been the case, you know, a couple of years ago. It's really been about three years now since uh, COVID uh, first burst onto the scene. And, you know, during those early months, uh, it was terrible. Uh, the, uh, the COVID seemed to be, uh, had a much more deadly bent to it than uh, maybe what we have now. But as far as the medical pro- profession, uh, it seemed like we were kind of off guard on what to do with this. And we had, you were inundated with so many patients uh, two, three years ago. Uh, are we getting more treatments and are things getting better from a medical standpoint? Yeah, I think I think particularly with uh, COVID, um, uh, that, that uh, you know now we have a lot of experience with the illness. I think we have lots of uh, 
<clears throat> we have much more of the population that isn't having a unique um, reaction to a vi to a, a brand new virus. So people who've had their vaccinations and their boosters, or who've had uh, COVID in the past, or it, it often now it's all of the above. They've 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 been uh, vaccinated plus they've maybe had a a, a more uh, minor case of COVID. So now there's a there's a certain you know you, you might remember we we talked a little bit about or was talked about a lot in the in the media these ideas like herd immunity and those kinds of things. But that idea that more of us in the population have an ability to cope with and resist. Um, these viruses. So that's that's been helpful. I think in terms of the medical response uh, to this sort of wave of illness, one of the challenges that we're having right now is that there's kind of a perfect storm of, of chronic and persistent workforce shortages in healthcare right now as in other industries as well. This isn't just healthcare. Lots and lots of sick people. Um, all sort of conspiring uh, together at the same instant. And so, um, you know, as an example, Jeff, we're seeing uh, just record numbers in our, our urgent cares and our ED. Our, our emergency department has had three record-setting days uh, within the last month. Wow, um, what is going so, on there? And it's mostly, uh, it's, it's mostly you know this kind of illness uh, kinds of things, but there's some other factors too. So the the the, the workforce uh, issues that are sort of moving across you know all the sectors of our economy right now really hit healthcare and particularly nursing homes really hard. So we're getting people who are older and more fragile um, that may in another circumstance be in a nursing home or in assisted living who are trying to manage at home. These people are pretty fragile and they present in uh, um, emergency departments. It's also affecting our ability to uh, discharge people from hospitals. So we'll end up with people in the hospital that are really ready to not be hospitalized anymore, but there isn't any bed for them uh, in a nursing home. And so they're kind of languishing in the hospital, which, which you know, creates uh, constriction uh, there. So, um, you know, it's, as all complicated uh, vexing problems are, it's multifactorial, but all of those things, frankly, are kind of conspiring against us right now. Wow. Boy, sounds that does sound kind of like the perfect storm, as you've mentioned. What about, uh, you know, the, the general public, the community? What, uh, what are the things that uh, can be done just by everyday people on an everyday basis that can uh, maybe help uh, alleviate a little bit of this? Yeah, and I, I, I think there's, there's a number of things, and I, I think they're the things that maybe seem like a little bit of a worn-out record uh, at, at this point to people, but it's, uh, you know, do the things that are within your control. Um, stay healthy doing the things that you know that keep you healthy. Um, you, you know, um, get your flu shots, uh, get your COVID boosters, um, you know, don't hang around with sick people, you know, you, you take care of yourself physically and psychologically, all of, all of those kinds <laughs> of things. Um, I, I think particularly, you know, we're concerned about little kids. I mean, there's so much of this illness going around with little kids. If you've got little kids that are sick and you can keep them away from other little kids at all or from grandma, uh, um, you know, to, to try to do that. It's, I, I, I know with, you know, People got to work and they've got to have daycare and all of that, and it's it's harder than it sounds. Um, you know, get help if you're sick. 
Um, you know, so in one breath I tell you how busy we are, and in the next one I tell you, well, you know, come on in if you're ill. Uh, one of the things I would, um, you know, just caution people about is it, you, you may have to be a little more patient with us. Again, uh, like, like I said, we've had record numbers in the ED, and our, our, our local emergency department and, the, and our, our uh, you know, friends and neighbors and customers that are used to using our ED aren't used to waiting. We're not used to waiting very long, and what I would say is that that's likely to not be the case now. That that, you know, if you're having a heart attack, we'll get you in. Uh, if you're moderately sick and uh, you're in the ED, it might it might be a while. Same thing with our urgent cares and and getting appointments. But uh, um, you know, again, if folks can be a little bit patient, but if you need care, um, you know, let us know and we'll get you in. Steve Underdahl is our guest uh, right now uh, from Northfield Hospital and Clinics. Uh, let's uh, let's zoom out a little bit and, and change the subject. I want to talk about um, the legislature and, uh, you know, both the state and, and a national level. I guess we can kind of start off with the national level because there have been a change in things over the uh, midterm elections. Uh, on the uh, large scale, zoom out as far as we can here and look around the nation. Are you expecting or are there any issues? that you will be following as uh, Congress uh, enters uh, 2023? Yeah, I, I think we are always, um, whether it's at a national level or a state level, trying to make sure that our, our uh, elected officials understand the implications of, of sort of cogent policy on being able to provide uh, good health care. Um, there's lots of new folks, both at the state level and at, at, and at the national level. On a national level, I think you know that the uh, um, the margin changes in the Senate may be a little bit more helpful in terms of the current administration being able to get their nominees confirmed, and uh, you know, for organizations like the National Institute on Health and things like that. Some of that stuff that gets caught up in political. Um, gamesmanship, uh, you, you know, when you have a, a little bit more divided um, environment might be a little bit easier uh, uh, to do that way. Um, our goal, I think, with federal government is to help them understand that uh, local health care is important to their constituents and uh, to the citizens more broadly. And that if, you know, health care just becomes an entity, you know, Six huge entities around the country run healthcare for the whole nation. That that puts folks at a disadvantage. Let's move down to the uh, uh, the state level here. We have a new legislative uh, group of legislators, as you had mentioned, that will be entering office in January when this session begins. Uh, they have a seventeen and a half billion dollar uh, budget surplus that they'll have to deal with, along with both you know policies and funding issues that could affect Minnesota's health care system. Uh, anything there that you see may be a, a big change, a swing, or you would uh, like to see? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it is uh, really remarkable how many new people there are. I think there's something like 24 new members in the, in the state Senate and 47 new members in the House. I mean, it's just, you know, the... the, the uh, the shape of those institutions has really changed. So part of you know what we need to work on is making sure that we uh, do a good job of providing some education for um, for new members. Um, in terms of that surplus, I mean, I think every 
you know, sort of element of society looks at surpluses and says, you know, well, we should have some of that. Uh, I'm particularly concerned with community hospitals, um, nursing homes, and and group homes, and and uh, sort of related things like Laura Baker Services runs here in Northfield, as an example. Many of those are really vulnerable, uh, particularly nursing homes. I would I said a number of times recently, I think we're going to see around the state um, significant closures in nursing homes because they, you know, they just can't find staff and the math just doesn't work. Um, even in our own nursing home, you know, we own and operate one at, at, at NHNC, we're licensed for 40 uh, beds and we're staffing 30. So we're capping it at 30 patients. Um, even though we've got patients in the hospital that we would love to discharge to a nursing home, but we just simply can't staff it. So I would hope that one of the things that we'll be able to do is, um, you know, have some good conversations and sensitize some of our newly elected uh, leaders to understand the, the vulnerability of these group homes and nursing homes and uh, community hospitals and what that means to their constituents. Yeah, do you think that, I mean, is there a, you mentioned this is going on for quite some time, and it is over across of a number of, of, of sectors, but nursing home is is really a, a critical uh, segment of uh, not only the economy, but just uh, of America. You know, we need those. I, do, is there an idea? I mean, do you, how do you do that? Do you, do you incentivize the workforce? Do you give them bonuses? Do you offer them more money? What what will work? I know there's a lot of people just grappling with this right now. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, I I, I don't know that I think that um, all of the answers to all of the questions in the world are about money, but sometimes it's about money. Um, and, and uh, uh, you know, one of the problems uh, with op- running and operating nursing homes is is the margins are so tight that the money, you know, most of the money comes from government sources um, uh, for nursing homes after people have paid their own uh, assets. Um, and it, it, and the math just doesn't work out to, to uh, um, be able to operate these uh, entities and be able to uh, stay competitive uh, with uh, the marketplace. So, so if somebody can go to a, big box store and make the same amount of money, uh, you, know, you know, as an entry-level preser- person, as an example, and the work is less um, stressful and maybe even less physically demanding, uh, uh, you know, many people are going to do that. So part of what happens is you end up with a workforce that's very mission-driven, which is great. Um, they, you know, they, they really are connected to what they're doing for a living, but um, it's hard to make a whole sector of the economy uh, rely on that. So, so I think one of the, the, the political and financial realities for some of these entities is that if we don't fund, you know, nursing homes as an example, I think are, are one of those things where we, we speak out of both sides of our mouth. They're super important and we want grandma to be in a good place. And, we're, you know, we, we, struggle to fund them differently because there's a lot of funding needs within within government. Um, and I think we're going to have to pick a lane here. Either, you know, either we value these things as a society or 
or we're going to have to think of a, a you know a, a new structure for this because some, again my prediction is you're going to see these many of these places blink out of existence this year boy that's really uh, really unfortunate hopefully something can be done to to uh, save them and the services that they are providing uh, Steve, is there anything else uh, going on with the hospital you'd like to uh, mention while we have you on the air? Well, I guess I, I would just uh, end with um, uh, just my real gratitude and appreciation for the, 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 the staff at the hospital. You've heard me say this before, but, you know, the, kind of the real unfortunate pieces that we rolled from a pandemic in, you know, as the pandemic started to wrap up, we sort of thought, well, we're going to, you know, kind of get it back into the normal cadence of how we used to do things and people can catch their breath and renormalize. And we went right from that into workforce shortages and, uh, you know, uh, triple-demics and, and all of that. And, and, and uh, just we're plump full about, you know, two-thirds of the time. And uh, people are really pooped out. And, and so my, my public thanks to not only all of the folks that work for NHNC, but all the other healthcare providers that you're intera- your audience is interacting with um, uh, here in the community, because this is, this is tough duty. And um, you know, so these folks are a little worn out, both in body and spirit, yet they're, they're really uh, committed to taking care of folks. So again, I, I would, uh, I would ask our uh, friends and neighbors that are listening today too to to uh, you know be patient and kind as you interact with the healthcare system. It's probably whether you're with us or at one of the big centers in the Twin Cities, things are probably going to be a little bit slower. But um, um, we've got your best interests um, at heart, and we'll do our very best. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us. It's much appreciated. Uh, Steve, enjoy your Christmas season, your holiday season, and uh, have a happy new year. And we'll talk to you probably sometime after the first of the year in 2023. Thank you, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Steve Underdahl, Northfield Hospital, President and CEO.